this week on Ultra 64, we're doing a little bump and grind because we're playing a bunch of Supercross games where you go on bumps and then you then you grind the brakes. You see what I'm doing. Yep. I'm glad you vetoed mine. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Ultra 64. Uh, this is the comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog. And we're gunning the throttle and we're fanning the dragon backs and we're we're doing stunt stuff. And my name is Steve Gutley. All from the comfort of your own office here. Yes. I am Woody the Duke Saskowski. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, thank, well, this thank week, you. It's nice to be here. Not, good, yeah. good to have you here. I uh, feel like uh, our podcast is composed of peaks and valleys, much like much like the sport of motocross. And perhaps we've mm, hit a little bit of a valley here. Perhaps. <laughs> we'll see. Or maybe a plateau. A plateau oh, yes. is better than a valley. That's you true. never know. But this week we are playing three games based on the wildly popular sport of Supercross. Uh, that's probably not a wildly popular sport right but it's if you grew up where i grew up which was small town colorado uh it was very much a status symbol to have a dirt bike or okay. to want a dirt bike or to be able to do dirt bike tricks. i like the idea of having a status symbol to want a thing yeah like, yeah yeah I'm going to prove to you that i'm cool because i want it also and an aspirational uh dirt bike owner yeah, yeah they, those were the coolest aspirational people. status symbol yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know we would uh, uh i would never actually do this because i am a chicken and i'm afraid to be on a bike yeah uh, uh, but there's a area in my town where I grew up. We called it the Hogbacks, and it's just all these like dirty trails with all these tarantulas in it. That's mostly what I know it for. Well, really, lots of tarantulas and scorpions out there. Is that accurate? That's accurate. Hmm. But also like. It was a really good dirt bike trail and ATV and stuff like that. So that's where all the guys in my high school would go. So I've I've witnessed some of these stunts and tricks going on, but uh, I have never actually gotten on a bike myself <laughs> until today when we played the three games that we're talking about: Supercross 2000, Jeremy McGrath Supercross 2000, and Excite Bike 64. And I'm sure it was exactly the same experience as riding a bike in real life i mean in both cases i was sitting uh i was sitting <laughs> and true. not being near a bike in real life so it was a pretty close uh, facsimile there uh so you know it, it, i was excited to get into some of these especially excite bike because that's a nintendo sports property yeah. um it's a sequel to uh, a pretty classic nes game it, it might and be, it's one i've never played it might be the most obscure nintendo franchise that has like I think there's four games in this series. Yeah, four or five. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. like people only know usually that there was one of them. Yeah, the last couple have gone completely under the radar, yeah. but we'll talk about that in a moment. First of all, uh, what's your experience with motocross? Do you oh, have any? Do you tre have tremendously do you, little? Tremendously little. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just see. Sometimes it would occasionally be on TV, and you'd see the guys go off. But this wasn't a this out. wasn't a big thing in Orcas Island <laughs> no. High School. Okay. No, definitely yeah. not. Yeah, you guys don't have a lot of like hills and bikes, bike jumps. I guess. No, I no. Yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's uh, I I get the appeal, I suppose, like the 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 speed and uh, being able to make these very heavy, very dangerous machines do some cool stunts and stuff. That I get the appeal. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, it's a very impressive sport. It's, sure. it's neat to watch on TV. I would never do it in real life. It's kind of like it's like most X Games are like that for yeah. me. It's like I enjoy watching these. Uh, I don't really 
these are not for me. Yeah, I'm but amazed I, I, that people can do these. I, it's amazing, right, but yeah. I'll never be able to do these. And uh, yeah, I've, I've never really uh, felt that compelled to try, even when I was younger. But well, let's talk a little bit about motocross. And uh, the, the, okay, so first of all, we need to be clarified because motocross and supercross oh, are two different things. That is very confusing. Only kind of barely, but uh, it's kind of like what we talked about a few weeks ago with the F1 and the IndyCar. Like, oh, right. They're essentially the same thing, but there are a couple of noteworthy differences. Um, According to uh, the website DirtBikeGearGuide.com, uh, that's been my uh, go-to. <laughs> that's your Bible. Like, number one you on never, your bookmarks is just there. You know what? Props to this website because they did a lot of research on the history. They've got a lot of stuff there. So if you're interested in motocross, check that out. But uh, according to them, uh, motocross, or MX as it's sometimes shortened, is more about strategy and like technical racing while supercross is kind of more about spectacle okay so like mx races are typically held on an outdoor course the tracks are a little longer a little wider and they have anywhere between like 16 and 20 obstacles um they also have longer straightaways so that the rider can build up speed approaching those jumps. Okay. And super cross tracks are mostly indoors. Uh, sometimes they'll go outside, but they always finish indoors. And uh, they're much shorter. The tracks are much narrower, and there are a lot of obstacles. So it's all about manipulating your way through these tricks, and, and uh, it's all about putting on a big show, I think. Got it. So, and so these first two games were both Supercross games, and I feel like Sidebike is not really any particular thing. I think it's closer to motocross, okay. maybe, right? Doesn't that feel like it? Yeah, I mean, there, there are more outdoor tracks. fewer obstacles, and it was wider. Yeah, yeah, it's a little hard to name. Um, a little bit of history on motocross. Honestly, there's not a lot of interesting history about motocross. I looked into it, and Paul, <laughs> right in if I'm wrong. If, if anyone has a really juicy see a motocross nugget they want to share right people in. figured out that they could make these machines go fast and they decided to ride on they them. sure did yeah. but i mean it's uh, it's just about as old as motorcycles themselves uh the vehicle was invented in germany in 1988 and then competitive motorcycle trials have been held in london uh, england starting at least in 1909 so they've been doing this for a while um the, the sport kind of grew popular throughout Europe, um, just these little like short races. Uh, and then uh, in the 1950s, it kind of started to take root in America. And then things really started to blow up for the sport and like motocross as we know it um, really took grip when uh, the Japanese started innovating some new engines. Uh, well, I'm sure lighter, we... smaller, more powerful. Right, because the combination of being you know, having the power but being light enough to actually get off the ground. Yeah, would yeah, make, yeah. Would make a big difference. That's the big, yeah, that's that's the appeal there. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that this one started kind of like tonier, you know? Like, uh, it seems like British society people were mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, place bets on this and compete in this. And now I think of Supercross and Motocross kind of like, um, I don't mean this in a negative way, but like state fair stuff. Like, okay, yeah, like, Destruction uh, Derby. Like Destruction Derby. Yeah, motor, motor, yeah uh, uh, monster trucks, things like that. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I associate it with. Yeah. Like big indoor stadium automobile I'm sure stuff. a lot of them would use the same stadiums. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like I, I kind of assumed it would have sprung up, kind of like NASCAR did. It's got kind of down home American roots and bootlegging and stuff like that. But no, this is like a, it was kind of like a, a gentleman's sport. And now it's. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they're still gentlemen. You know, they're probably all right. <laughs> it's kind of like in. I don't. It's sort of a cross section of the. I feel like we've been going through a lot of these as we've played these different. Um, racing games and going through a lot of Venn diagrams of like on one side you have sort of the Destruction Derby people and the NASCAR people mm. and then you have like the Tony Hawk games that are like these extreme sports things and then you have like the 
Formula One games. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is in the Venn diagram between the extreme sports and sort of the destruction derby. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, for sure. So I was searching for who the best motocross racers of all time were, just to see if I knew any of these names. I know some of them. Uh, Jeremy McGrath, who we're going to discuss shortly, keeps popping up. Uh, Ricky Carmichael is another one that pops he, up. I, I think there's a there's at least there's a game with him. There is a on. yeah yeah I, that's a, that's where I've heard it. Uh, Ryan Dungey is a, a recent guy who just retired and he was supposed to be really good. And then James Stewart, which cracked me up because. When I was looking at this website for listing all the different top 10 uh, best motocross racers, they list James Stewart, a guy whose nickname is Bubba. So they just call him James Bubba Stewart. Yeah. Uh, but this time they included a picture of the actor James Stewart and a biography of him. I think that there's a site that you, people just submit like any list you want to find, <laughs> like, you know, best actors in Hitchcock movies yeah. or um, yeah, yeah, best yeah. supercross racers <laughs> and people just submit whatever they think about and then the website they just submit the name and the website autofills the information yeah. <laughs> so that it was pulling the first result of James Stewart yeah 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 I think that's what was happening cause... I also really it's just fun to imagine he's like oh, well, 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 well I'm gonna take off with my motorcycle here oh dear I'm, I'm gonna do a knock knock yeah. Uh, yeah it's I love that I mean his voice almost sounds like a uh, motorbike revving up right well, Whoa, 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 well, whoa. I feel like his voice is carried on only in that constant impersonation of him. I don't know how often he actually did that. Uh, <laughs> like mostly in like his later roles in like Five Goes West and stuff. Yeah, but no, not so much in the early days. All right, I've got a quiz for you. Similar oh, to the uh, uh, snowboarding quiz we did a couple weeks ago, we're going to talk about motocross slang. I'm going to see how well you know your motocross slang. I'm gunning for 100%. I think you're going to get it. Yeah. Uh, tell me, what is a whoop? Oh, <laughs> um, okay. A whoop is the yin to the swoops, yang. Yes. Uh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something you yell twice if you are a juggalo. Yeah. Uh, it is also a section of track with a series of small bumps. So it's just kind of a, a, a bumpy length of track. So can we integrate that into our everyday life? If you go through like a, na- a small neighborhood or a school zone with like a speed bump, you'd be like, oh, we're through that whoop. Yes, <laughs> I think we should. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man, I just totally uh, uh, gleaned all those whoops. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you know what roost means? Uh, I mean, only in, in a the motocross context. Oh, dang it. Um, that's when you launch your bike up really high and get it stuck in a tree. Yeah, close. Yeah, it is uh, the the term for the debris and dirt that is thrown off of a rear tire when you're oh. uh, when you're starting. So it's just like rocks and shit. What does it well, mean? Well, hopefully not shit. I mean, you want to keep. It might be shit. You should keep that clean. If you have if you had shit mixed in your motocross thing, make sure you. Get I mean, those people have nowhere else to go out of there. Or, I mean, this could be a revenge thing. Maybe if, if you're revving up your uh, motocross bike at, like, the Dean's fancy dinner party. Okay, you yeah, know? you rub the tire with some... Definitely rub it in some shit, because that guy has been trying to take down the that Alpha Snooty Seuss. Dean. Oh, yeah, he's so snooty. Uh, what does it mean to case? Oh, when you case. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got um, it. You got yeah, it. Uh, well, when you case, that is when you drive your motocross, th- um, your supercross bike through the stuffy Dean's window. <laughs> yes. And you see his wife topless <laughs> <laughs> and you knock over his prime cigar case yeah it means to land a jump short which usually results in a very hard landing so if okay. you just uh, come up a little short on that just a case uh what does it mean if you're clapped oh well um you know at these parties steve after uh, <laughs> you know things get a little wild and if you get involved with the wrong person um, see you your, might end up clapped see your urologist if you've been clapped yeah. yes uh it means you are worn out or poorly maintained it's referring to a bike not a person but well so it was still accurate still accurate if, it's like if your bike gets gonorrhea that's, yeah, uh, that's exactly. what it means uh, what does it mean to blitz oh it's where you send um 
you send people beyond the defensive line mm. to try and tackle the quarterback. And with a flaming football. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you got to hit him with a flaming football. This is when you skim your bike over a series of whoops. So rather than <laughs> jumping over them, you blitz the top of the whoops. And you don't, but like, it's the slow, the slowest way to go is to go into the whoops. Blitzing the whoops is my new favorite expression that I have learned. Like, gleaning the cube has nothing on, on blitzing, blitzing the, the whoops. whoops. Yeah. Got to blitz the whoops. What is a dragon back? Uh, that's that new uh, legendary Pokemon, right? It's it is. A, it's a, a dragon rock type. <laughs> it's definitely a dra- It's definitely a Pokemon. A dragon back is a jump with a series of whoops leading up to it. <laughs> the word whoop is really killing you. <laughs> you got to whoop into the jump. <laughs> um, this one's cool. I like. I want to name a band after this. Uh, a whiskey throttle. Oh. Do you know what that means? Um, that is, I'm guessing, a type of throttle that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the opposite. Oh. It's a throttle that works too well. So basically, if you, uh, if you twist the throttle too suddenly and then you slide back on your bike, which causes you to twist it further... Uh, which almost always causes a crash or causes your bike to flip on you. So it's just giving it too much gas and then continuing to give it too much gas, and then you got a whiskey throttle. Okay, you're right. That would be a good name for a punk band. And that's all I got. Can, you get, can I get a whoop whoop? Whoop whoop. Hey, all right. All Blitz right. those whoops. <laughs> Blitz them whoops. Up the dragon back. All right, let's talk about our first game here. Uh, we are starting with Supercross 2000, uh, and that has released on, guess what, October 31st, 1999. That's time for our jingle. Oh, Halloween. Halloween time. Uh, this was developed by MBL Research and published by EA Sports, and this was also released on PlayStation. Hi, so, Steve. Hmm. Do you live a boring existence? Sure do. Are you ready for excitement? Well, then you might enjoy the games of MBL Research. We provide fun and excitement to everyone. That's MBL Research, the first name in excitement. I so I I we're, we're we're kind of thinking on the same page here because I couldn't really find anything about MBL research like I searched for it and there really wasn't anything. The only thing that would come up was the Marine Biology Lab in Woods Hole, Massachusetts. Hi, Steve. Hmm. Do you want to find research on MBL research? Then you might want to consult MBL Research Research, the number one company in finding research on MBL research. <laughs> Uh, I want to do that. I'm going to do it. Uh, so the, the, for the for our first two games here, the Wikipedia articles on both of them are largely dedicated to clarifying that this is not the other game. <laughs> and it's no way related to the other game. So they're like, uh, uh, this one just says, this is not related to Jeremy McGrath's Supercross. The other one says, this is not related to Supercross 2000. So clarifying they're not the part of the same series they're from rival companies they just have the same stupid names so uh this game uh the modes here uh it's the ea super ea sports supercross series that's the main mode really but that's just kind of a fancy way of saying the menu so we don't we we, we don't know what mbl research is really. no it's, it's some but this game is an ea game it's like, an ea game yeah okay. mbl yeah i just i couldn't find anything on it um I, this might so have been you were the ceo of mbl research <laughs> right into the podcast. 
I'd really like to think it is part of the marine biology lab, and like they yeah, <laughs> they decided had, to branch out into supercross. Yeah, I mean they've 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 pioneered underwater uh, motocross racing like, video games. We have the technology to send sonar out and get dolphins' cries and you know categorize them based on that. How can we use that same technology? And I mean like, that sounds about... kind of like what the sound effects in this yeah. game sound like. Just a bunch of dolphins dying. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, there are a lot of different sub modes here. Pretty much everything you'd expect in a racing game. We get practice race, quick race, single race, a season, and then freestyle. Uh, most of these can be played solo or head-to-head -head through two-player split screen. And season mode consists of 16 races, and you try and rise through the ranks with that. And then freestyle is like a trick-based mode where you compete by uh, getting air and then doing tricks using the C buttons. Okay, so just, just in the interest of knocking something off our list here, mm. the freestyle mode in this game sucks. It does. Um... Freestyle mode in most of these games sucked, but it's this true. one sucks as much as any of them um, because there's just one big ramp in the middle, and so you just sort of drive up over it. And the, all, the trick mechanic is you just, like, press the R button and mm. press a direction, yeah. and then your guy will do a trick. It only works about half the time. Well, and... here's the thing to clarify about this one. Like, of yeah. the three that we played, this is the one that's trying to be the most realistic. Yes, uh, it's got. I, the... I mean, that's what EA games sort of makes their pedigree in like it's you know technically it's got the best physics you know like it, it, your bike responds the way a bike is supposed to it feels pretty heavy it's hard to control uh and it took us a while to figure out you have to be like you have to hold z to like turn on your clutch or your handbrake yeah to turn sharper mm -hmm. yeah and even then it's it's very easy to get knocked off your bike like very very easy excuse me and um the jumps don't really have much impact or don't don't no, really you don't go very high you don't go very high uh it, so it's, it's all trying to be as realistic as possible which again you know we've played many ea sports games at this point um they all kind of follow the same mo it's it's very technically competent mm -hmm. uh it's it's very accurate to the sport it's trying to depict and it's not interesting no. it's not fun and not interesting at all no it is this game was very boring um so graphically it looks it looks good yeah um yeah. like your character is big the camera is in a nice angle so you can see things well yeah um which seems like it would be a gimme until we get to the next game but um and you there's a lot but the sound i don't know like the, yeah, the animation looks fine but the sound is awful it's the same problem we have with the nascar games too it's just like you're just hearing this constant droning engine sound and i'm sure it sounds accurate i'm sure that's what it sounds like <laughs> if you were out on that track but it's not fun to listen to no, and there's no announcer and, no. and it just all feels i don't know it, having a game where everything just takes place in these dirt stadiums this game has a lot of different tracks yeah like um, I think but, uh, tw twenty something? no I don't I forget how many. no they, it's like sixteen tracks yeah but they all tracks. look basically the same because they're all they just do. in a dirt stadium and um, it, it's you know they're all composed of the same kind of obstacles like the layout is different but it's like do you want to go over some whoops and then a jump or do you want to jump and then whoop mm, like I always want to whoop okay. yeah I, don't, I mean I don't even need to jump I just want to whoop okay <laughs> but yeah and we were curious too like because we we played the same course in a couple different games. We went to the Kingdom twice. We went to the we Kingdom the twice. Seattle memories. Yeah, and I, this is not something I was here for, but I understand that uh, the Kingdom was cool. <laughs> and I'm not sure... Like, maybe somebody else who knows more about motocross, like, track laying can write in and let us know. Because I'm not sure if they keep the same course every time or if they mix it up. Like, they use, bring in bulldozers and just kind of smoosh it around and, and make different tracks. Yeah, I mean, we played the Kingdom in this game and the next one. And mm -hmm. it did feel like the track had the same layout. Yeah, But, again, similar. it's really hard to tell because it's just jumps and whoops and some turns. Yeah, it's hard to, like, I'm not going to set this up so that 
screens are side by side until I figure it out. But you get some high tech picture in picture, so you can really get into the nitty gritty. It's like that scene in Watchmen where Ozymandias is looking at all those TVs, but oh, the yeah. only thing on them is N sixty four Super Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> that would make that movie so much better. Um, yeah, not a whole lot to say about this one, honestly. Like we uh, we dicked around with all the modes. Uh, like we said, freestyle just doesn't seem to really work. No. Um, is this the one where it just wasn't? No, this. I think uh, that was the next one. The next it didn't, one, it yeah. Didn't really, I mean, it still was equally unfun. It's just like what. So what all these games need is like an injection of something to make it exciting, like some sort of like turbo boost or like I mean. Not necessarily going to say it has to be weapons or something like that because they're not. This game especially is not going for that kind of thing, but there's just so little effort into making this exciting. Yeah, and you just fall behind again, like the NASCAR games. You just seem to fall behind at the beginning, and you spend the whole race in sixth place. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would love to have some kind of Tony Hawk trick system put in place here so that they're less realistic yeah. and more fun. And that seemed you know. to be the. I mean, that seemed to be the huge innovation I think that Tony Hawk made because there were plenty of extreme sports games that sort of mm-hmm. came out before that but they all seemed to have a thing where they would just make tricks too hard and they would just kind of only work about half the time yeah they would be really hard to land even yeah 1080 was that that was a problem with that too yeah, which is a game like nobody liked but yeah. ssx was kind of the equivalent of that where like they're like oh we just need to make these tricks easier yeah and so that's what you kind of that was sort of the big innovation in extreme sports games they're like okay you can land these every time yeah um but yeah this game is just nothing going on that makes makes me really want to recommend it it's only two player the screen is split correctly like it's the the vertical split that you want it looks fine uh yeah split but the ssx did make me think that the the, my favorite uh freestyle like motocross game is freak style that came out around 2002 i won a copy of that out of a bottle of mountain dew nice only time i've ever done that the most mountain dew game to win easily the most mountain dew game to win (laughs) but that one's really fun and it is it does adopt like the ssx style of like crazy tricks and like over the top uh tracks and stuff like that that's the more fun way to play something like this Uh, But I got nothing else on Supercross. Do you? You want to move on? No. Again, just what we said. Technically competent. Yeah. Super boring. Super boring. Super boring. Uh, Next up is Jeremy McGrath's Supercross 2000. This was released on February 29th, 2000. So it's coming up on its fifth birthday. Good for it. Uh, (laughs) what? It's on a leap day. Oh, nice. So it's turning five. Uh, (laughs) Developed by... I'm, I'm... ridiculously dorky oh my we're, God. we're really reaching for content in i'm this reaching one. here yeah yeah um it was developed by acclaim salt lake city and published by acclaim and it was also released on playstation dreamcast and the game boy color so let's start off with uh who is jeremy mcgrath so he's often called the king of motocross that's his nickname and uh he's he's like the tony hawk of dirt bikes sure. uh he's a seven-time supercross world champion uh he's credited as the founder of freestyle motocross which is like the more trick and stunt based mm-hmm. kind of variant on the sport uh his signature move is the knack knack which is uh you you jump you get big air then you kick one leg out behind your other leg i'm demonstrating <laughs> up in yeah. for pu- and uh, uh then try and get your leg back before you land it uh difficult trick to do but he was one of the ones who started like integrating tricks into his stuff there i guess that's really i mean that that would be a much better game like there's a dave mira bmx game mm, yeah. which is just a tony hawk like total knockoff it is on on a bmx but it's like fun and it plays well and And that that, was the foundation for 
BMX Triple X, which came out later too, One which is the best game. One of your all-time favorite games. Yeah, game. the best game of all time. Um, and I feel like that's what you want from these freestyle modes in these games. Oh, yeah. It's just like that, and it's definitely not that. No, no. So, really sorry, not. Jeremy McGrath. Yeah. Uh, I, I so, care about him very much. Oh, no, he's great. Uh, probably, I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's been racing motocross since he was 15. He's now 48. Uh, he holds the record for the second most motocross wins ever behind only Ricky Carmichael, who we mentioned earlier. Uh, he's been retired since 2006. He seems to live a pretty quiet life with his family. Uh, he's written a few books, and he owns a state-of-the-art indoor go-kart facility in Southern California. Sure. So, that makes sense. I feel like that's kind of the dream for a retired motocross racer. Go yeah, on, go-karts. So, uh, Acclaim, Salt Lake City, we talked about them a couple times before. They did the original Turok. Uh, they did the horribly crappy NBA Jam games that we played and some mediocre wrestling titles. Um, they have not had a great track record. Not we a great ex- track record. Turok was very good, but nothing else that we've played by them has been. Not so much. Not so much. Uh, I really struggled to find any kind of information on this game at all. Uh this is one of those. So if you look at that release date, it's like four months after uh, the last game we played and it's two months before the next game we played. So we are in kind of a glut, like all of the motocross games on the system yeah, came out yeah, within so the six crazy. month period. This is every supercross or motocross game on the N64. Yeah. There's a road rash game, but that's a whole different kind oh, and of thing. I guess thing. There's, there's a Top Gear Hyperbike. That's another oh, one, but that's not okay. a motocross. It's like a, a long distance, like uh, enduro racing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's just really weird that like, I must have been experiencing a moment at the time, just kind of the same way as like, I don't know, this episode's kind of a companion piece to our F1 racing, because it's like three pretty minor games that all sort of came out at the same time and sort of formed in on each other. Yeah, but for whatever reason, there was a moment. I think everybody was just trying to get ahead of um, Excitebike. I think they oh. were trying to just kind of bite into that because sure. they'd shown that at E3, and that was going to be... That, that was a pretty hyped game at the time, I remember. Um but uh, the, I did find a headline on the uh, IGN art, uh, an IGN review from back in the day, and uh, they were pretty direct for our purposes, though. And it says, Excite Bike 64, this is not. Supercross 2000, this is not. A fun game, this is not. <laughs> I like so, that. That's... Yeah, that's a good headline. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, that really unfortunate release date right in there. So um, as far as modes and features for this one, the game has uh, uh, McGrath actually uh, designed some of the courses in this himself using the in-game track editor, oh. which I could not figure out. Well, we only messed with it for about 10 minutes, yeah. five, five minutes. Five minutes less, these, yeah. All these track, you know, like even ones that are done well, like Tony Hawk 2 or something, it, it just feels like a lot of effort to make something that's probably going to be a lot worse than what's already included in the game. That's kind of the way I always yes. felt about it. I, my my old roommate was really good with these track editors, and he he would play, uh, you know, Tenchu, the Stealth mm-hmm. Assassins game. Yeah. yeah, there's a track editor in that or a level editor yeah. in that, and he would make the most diabolical like missions to try and complete. It was really fun and really hard. Yeah, but, I mean uh, that is really impressive, but it's like if you're good at it, that's great. But I don't I'm know, not. but like the most exciting thing here is it only gives you about. You know, Tenchu is one thing because you can create sort of weird environments and problems to solve. Mm. Like in this, they only give you about 10 different kinds of property or like squares to put down, like straightaway, big yeah. jump, couple whoops. They don't say whoops in here, which they is don't. too bad. No. Um, but it's just like, there's not that much you can do for the design. No, there's really not. But I mean, you know, it's it's cool that McGrath was like very involved in the process of this game. Like he didn't just slap his name on it. And he also consulted on some of the uh, uh, styles of the bike. There's more content like in this one than there was in Supercross. Slightly more. Uh, crea- at least the track create- editor. You have makes... also have a create a player. Yeah, yeah. 
we made a guy named Balls uh, with a Z, and he had uh, two Zs, sorry. And, and he number had number was 69. Number was 69, and he was the best uh, racer of all time. Yeah. <laughs> he was great. Um, it's a very, much like the track editor is very limited, the character editor is also pretty limited. It's it's You pick, like, the name, the yeah. color, and their number. That's and about it. then you adjust a couple things, like how tight you want the springs in their bike. Pretty tight. And, yeah. Probably. Is that good? Yeah, that we bad? don't know. It was I don't the know. same problem we had with the F1 games. It's All right, like, what does these mean? Let's think about it. If they're looser, then that means you hit harder, right? If they're tighter, then no, you it means sink that harder. You're, no. No, you, I think Opposite. you have it backwards. Yeah, if they're yeah, yeah. looser, your wheels would bend sort of more. They would bend and more. So okay, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Would be, it would take you longer to recover but you would land smoother. Okay, okay. But I don't know how that impacts the game at all. Yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't notice don't, any don't difference. Don't consult this pod. If you're thinking of getting into Supercross as a career, mm-hmm. I encourage you to not use this podcast as your only primary source. We are, we are, we can be the primary source on F1 racing. Yes, though. definitely. Um, you, you know, you learned everything you need to know. From and the last French one. clowning. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, fighting for 64. Those are, those are three areas of expertise. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. If you want to be a fighting force member yeah <coughs> and uh, and chameleons with backpacks <laughs> and bears with backpacks uh-huh. so many things that shouldn't have backpacks <laughs> with backpacks um so right off the bat this game feels uh infinitely looser and sloppier yeah. and like they really don't care about the physics engine no. that much here it is not going for realism it's going for stupid speed it might have been going for realism and just they kind of gave up halfway i don't yeah. know this game whereas the ea game displayed a high level of polish this game displays very very little very little and yeah. very little regard for it and that makes it better <laughs> i i was yeah I, I said to woody when we were playing this i'm like i think this is worse than the last game in every way and i like it better yeah. like because it's I don't know. It's much more fun. Like it's it's uh, it's not trying to be super accurate. It's not trying to be super technical. It's just fast and goofy. Um, it's still not good. I, no, I, I do need it's to clarify. Not good. It's not good. Like I, you'll crash into like nothing. There are lots of invisible walls. Like the camera in this game sucks. No matter sucks what. So, what the, so the default camera is like way above you, and it looks like everything is super tiny. Like in those old off-road video games where mm. they would show the whole course on mm. one thing. Um, yeah, so it looks really small and really pixelated and crappy. And then you can move the camera and look right behind your racer, but then it's kind of above him a little bit. Yeah. So on these, there's some outdoor levels where you're going up a hill, but since the camera is above you, you can't see anything of what's upcoming. You just see the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And very uh, pixely, very uh, very chuggy. Yeah, not a lot of... uh... It was funny, like, the frame rate of when we started the two-player race, like, the frame rate just sort of before the race starts of like mm-hmm. the announcer being like get ready was super slow and we're like is this game gonna like be broken and then as soon as it starts your bikes just jut out ahead way faster than the other game yeah yeah and it also has um a trick mode much the same as the other one there's like a ramps in the middle that you sort of just rotate around and jump off and again like the tricks just seem to work half the time if that and there yeah. only seems to be out four different tricks both all of these games only have one trick button. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you basically, it seems like the mechanic is you press a direction and press the trick button. But again, it's just weirdly unforgiving, and mm. there seems to be not really a rhyme or reason for why it works or doesn't. Yeah, I, my tricks were just like giving out completely after a little while. Yeah. And then I was like 
trying the different combination of buttons and directions every time and it, all he was doing was making him get on his handlebars and do like a pelvic thrust thing <laughs> and then he would land and you get uh, progressively fewer points the more times you pull off the trick in a row mm-hmm. so eventually I was just getting zero 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 pelvic thrust zero pelvic thrust zero and I started to feel very judged yeah. like my pelvic thrust isn't good enough for these judges um, yeah it, it, uh, n- nothing really uh, worth recommending in this game to be honest but uh, I did like it a little better than the other ones just because it's so sloppy it it's is got, also four players yes yeah, four players which is what you want in these kind of crappy sloppy games if yeah you're gonna force people to play it you want to force a lot of people to play it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and make everybody suffer through yeah. it yeah um did this have any other modes there was the nothing track re- create a player and this didn't have quite as many tracks as the previous one no. um but you could select whether or not you wanted uh rain or I don't know. Yeah, what, you can, what the weather was. You can but change I don't know the weather a little bit. That. So there were some more outdoor tracks here. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, um, there were fewer racers. I think I didn't see how many racers. The yeah. last one had twenty four. Uh, these are all official, like licensed people. They're all yeah. real people. In both of the f- first two games, they're all yeah. real people. Um, and the other thing, this is a, this is a very like <laughs> grasping at straws aspect to recommend. But you could change the amount of laps needed oh, to yeah. complete a race. Which after we played um, the first Supercross game, it takes five laps to finish a race. And very it long, slow so laps. long. Yeah. Um, and just hearing that shrill engine noise in your ear the entire time. In this like, game, this the, the engine noise in this one is less irritating yeah we were noticing like in the first one it's very high pitched and it sounds real in this one it sounds like somebody making the noise with their mouth yeah. like it sounds like Michael Winslow from Police Academy is off <laughs> in the studio just there is also like some real generic sort of punk soundtrack that they oh, yeah. put in over this one yeah that you can't quite hear because it's mixed very low and it mixes with the engine sound oh that's the other um, thing we forgot to mention about Supercross they have actual licensed like pop punk songs right but only in the menu yeah yeah like they, they they didn't have the technology to play it while you're racing yeah yeah like it, it would add so much to that game if they actually were able to play a song while you were racing yeah it would just add such a level of presentation and excitement where yeah this one they were able to do that because this game is so much crappier yeah they had the technology to do that but the sound is very bad as well yeah not good uh not a good game but it's got a shaggy kind of appeal, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's a good, good Yeah, idea. it's, it's, uh, I think we've kind of said more than anyone else has ever said about <laughs> this game. Uh, let's move on to our final one. This is the big, uh, the, the, the big event of this episode Excite Bike 64. This was released April 30th, 2000, developed by Left Field Productions and published by Nintendo. This was an N64 exclusive, but it did eventually get released on the virtual console and that China exclusive IQ player. So, Left Field Productions, uh, this is one we have not seen yet. Uh, They were founded in Southern California in 1994, and almost immediately they got adopted into the Nintendo Fold, and they became one of their go-to subsidiaries for sports games. So, uh, we will meet them again when we play the NBA Courtside series on N64, pretty well-regarded basketball games. Um, And uh, they also developed Backyard backyard Football for the GameCube and a number of different uh, Super NES basketball games. they they were actually tapped to develop the sequel to 1080, which was going to be on the N64. Oh. Um, and I don't know what happened. Sometime they Nintendo decided to move production of that game to the GameCube. Right. And they cut left field out of that process. So they were not brought over for 1080 Avalanche on GameCube. And I think this was kind of a cause for a rift. I think there was a bit of a split here. Uh, left field bought, their, bought out their stake in 2002 and went back on their own. 
uh, they did a few more games, mostly poker, motocross, and BMX games. Um, but their last game was kind of cool looking. It was a, it's a racing game called Mayhem okay. for the PS3 and 360 from 2011. And it's got like a black and white color scheme, kind of like the game Mad World. Yeah. Like that's what it looks like to me. And uh, it boasts having 3D visuals that work on every TV. And I don't know what that means or how that works, but this sounds kind of fun. Yeah. And I watched so, some uh, footage and it's like, yeah, this this looks kind of like. Is it a combat racing game? Or kinda. Is it just... yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, right very comic booky style. It, it, I don't know. It's called Mayhem. Mayhem. Yeah, okay, I, I might look fun. this one up. Yeah. I bet it's a bargain game now. Yep. Anyway, let's talk about Excite Bike. Uh, the original Excite Bike. I, what do you think of this game? Like, uh, it's very simple. It's yeah. very simple, but it's kind of lovable. Yeah, it, it is. Excite Bike is great, and it's Excite Bike has one of all time great menu musics. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. And it Excite Bike is a very fun half an hour game. Um, yeah. if, if that, certainly now it's probably been downgraded to about a five minute game. Sure. But it's still you're, fun. You're going to see everything you can see of, of Excite Bike, the gameplay, like in the yeah. first couple of minutes. But the track, it, the, it has one of the most fun track editors. It does. And because one of the, it's so easy to use. Was this the first one? To be, I think this was the first or second one to be on a console. Like, because yeah. this game came out in 1985 in the U.S. It was a launch game for the NES. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty impressive that they had impressive. the track editor. And I don't think you could save your tracks on the... You could the, not. Okay. No, not until but, the virtual console. Actually, no, not until this game. Uh, you could you could save your tracks on the N64 version. Uh, but yeah, I think of NES launch games, this one and Mario and Duck Hunt are the ones that have held up the best. I mean, yeah. nobody's playing Gyromite or anything. But I love I, my favorite thing in old school um, Excite Bike is trying to knock out um, the computer players. Yeah. By whacking them with your back wheel. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Really fun. It's really just all about. Um, it, it, there's two there's yeah. two major mechanics in Excite Bike, and that really carries over to Excite Bike 64. Yeah, um, I would say, say one of them is you have a a go button by mm-hmm. holding A, then you have a go faster button, <laughs> aka turbo, um, by holding B, and mm-hmm. that makes your engine make a higher pitched noise, but you get start overheating, and then if that you use that too much and you overheat, in original Excite Bike your bike would stop completely yeah. and have to get back on it, or in this um, Excite Bike 64 you just sort of slow down a lot. Um, the other major mechanic is sort of lining up your jumps so that you land evenly on two wheels. And, and so avoiding mud puddles. Yeah, while um, you're in the air, you can sort of change your tilt, um, like the Trials games. Yeah. Mud puddles, not really a thing in 64. No. no that's a shame. I miss mud. <laughs> anyway, um, so Excite Bike 64 is, uh, it's often considered the first sequel to this game, but and that's true for the U.S., but uh, Japan got a few cool ones in between. Oh. There was uh, two different games called Versus Excite Bike. Uh, oh, that's the other thing about Excite Bike, is I feel like we all kind of remember Excite Bike being two-player. It is not. Or assume that it is, because how could it not be? Right. It is not two-player. It is not, no, and that's that's a missed opportunity. But versus Excite Bike fixed that. Uh, one of these was released in arcades, and then they released another one on Famicom Disk, disk System in 1988. Did you ever see those versus systems? Like, no. Have you ever seen them in person? No, The comic book store I used to work at had one um, where they're, they're kind of like, you. they're low, like, little houses. Oh. Um, and you sit down on either side. They have a screen on both sides, which is how it would would be a two-player thing oh awesome i've never seen one of those 
Um, but yeah, those, those were really cool. And then there's Excite Bike Bun Bun Mario Battle Stadium, <laughs> which a great title. This was released for a special peripheral that was only released in Japan called the Stella View, which was an early modem that you would tack onto your Super Famicom. Yeah. Uh, and this was basically just classic Excite Bike with slightly better graphics and Mario characters. Oh, and yeah. I really want to play this. I, yeah. I looked it up online. It's really cute. I want to play this. Wow. I don't know how, I don't know what form it's available anymore. I but imagine maybe that emulation. emulating it would be quite a hassle, but maybe I not. Know. Because I don't, know. I don't know how it utilized the Stella View if it was like an online game that you had to play. Because you could play against other people online. Oh, I, boy, really? Yeah, that's impressive. That's pretty For impressive. The time, I would imagine like it seems like it would just be you download the tracks and then you just have them. But yeah, it's cool that you could actually play against. But people. like I think it didn't take off because it was 1994 and nobody had modems, so right. like you were playing with two people, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 mad that that hasn't come out here yet, or never got a Super NES port. That would have been great. There's a lot of weird. I don't know the the realm of Nintendo online early online gaming or any kind of early online gaming is a weird gray area of just kind of mystery where you get like the weird zelda stone tablets games oh yeah um there's some games that were only released on the sega channel and i don't know there's it's, just a lot of weird stuff on there it's really incredible to me how like nintendo is kind of just now with the switch getting into online gaming in like an intuitive way yeah <laughs> like yeah it was available on the wii and the wii u and the 3ds like but man i think when nintendo played? it seems to me yeah. that when nintendo gets burned on something they take a long time to try it again like and like, like the mario brothers movie they're right. like okay we're never gonna make a Nintendo movie again. I mean, it's, you can you can kind of respect it. You know, they have a they have an image to protect. Yeah. But yeah, no no risk, no reward, and, man. Yeah. But like, yeah, they, uh, uh, you know, I think was it the um, per, the modem add-on for the GameCube with Fantasy Star Online? Yes. That was kind of a big flop because you had to buy that game with the hundred dollar modem, yeah. and nobody was really playing that game. Well, anymore. it was just—it's all about level of support, and yeah. they never come. Nothing online is going to work unless you fully commit to it to have a lot of people have it. Yeah. And so if you're like, yeah, spend a hundred dollars to get Fantasy Star. Now those online modems are really expensive for the oh. GameCube because people use them to play multiplayer Mario Kart. Oh, really? Like the dream is if you can play sixteen player Double Dash. Oh, if I would you love had that. like eight TVs and eight GameCubes and eight copies of Double Dash and 16 controllers <laughs> and all these modems now that are like at least $60 a piece oh, online. Oh, at least, yeah. Um, so if somebody do that and invite us. Yeah, please, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll be there. I do not want to facilitate that, but I will go. Um, so Excite Bike 64 is the 24th best-selling game on the system, oh, just wow. below uh, 1080 and just ab above Mario Party 3. And it moved 2 million units, which is quite impressive considering this is pretty late in the life yeah. cycle by 2000. Um so uh, we got some characters here, uh, you know, just like 1080, uh, Nintendo created some original characters You got characters here. that fulfilled the base need of fitting, being a character. Characters that are lacking character, character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, it feels like a 1080 missed opportunity to Nintendo this up a little bit. Yeah, it's but, funny uh, that this game is right by 1080 on the sales list, because I feel yeah. like the exact same people bought this game as that bought 1080. I imagine so. it feels very much the same Oh, totally, 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 totally. Uh, so our characters here are uh, Jumpin' Jim Rivers from Seattle, Tricky Ricky Stern from L.A., uh, Sugar Sarah Hill from Miami, Bobby Big Dog Malone from Pittsburgh, Nigel the Duke York from London, and Vicky Vixen Steele from Houston, Texas. So Vicky Vixen was my favorite one. I was I was all in on Nigel the Duke. Oh, you were. You were yeah. doing quite well as the yeah. Duke, yeah. Oh, yes, I was doing quite well as the Duke. Now I'm French. <laughs> most most indeedly. Yeah, yes, quite. Uh, 
I mean, I will say right off the bat, that uh, Excitebike 64 is some of the more creative, like, sub-modes that I've seen in a racing game. Like, yeah. They don't all necessarily work, but they re- they took some swings here, and they did some weird, interesting stuff, which I really liked. This is much more, I mean, as you would expect from Nintendo, like, there's much more effort put into this game much than the previous ones. Much more. Um, there's, uh, you, you have your standard single-player season mode, which is uh, 20 tracks, and you complete them at the bronze, silver, or gold level, so earning better medals unlocks more tracks and special features. Um, there's a quick race, that's an exhibition, there's some training modes, and then you get into the special tracks, um, where you get to do all kind of the interesting stuff you're unlocking. Um, the level editor's back, uh, you're gonna mess with that. Um, so... You can unlock a bunch of different mini games, and that includes the original NES Excite Bike, which can, you can play. We can say it runs smooth. Runs great. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, then there's an updated 3D version of the original game uh, that's exclusive to this game, but uh, that's locked on our cart right now. Uh, yeah, we need yeah, this to, game we has a lot of unlockables, more. which is, I don't know, appreciated in terms of like giving you something to do in the single player. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it seems like that 3D remake is just, it's the tracks from original Excite Bike, but done in Excite Bike 64 inch. Yeah, kind of a, but it's still like kind of a, from an isometric, like top-down angle. Oh, so like, okay. It looks, it looks kind of like Trials. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that's from, from what I've seen. That's what it kind of looks like. Um, then there's uh, Excite Football, meaning soccer, which is a head-to-head soccer game between two motorcycles that presages Rocket League by yeah, like 20 years. Yeah, we played another game that had a Rocket League mode in it. I think it was one of those really shitty Destruction Derby oh, games. Oh, Monster Truck. Monster Truck Madness was it had really one. Mon- yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that so, was real bad in that yeah. one. This is better than that. It's still not very fun. No, the... the- you can play it four players at least, which I imagine would make things a little better. Yeah. It just suffers from the problem of the area is way too wide and the controls just aren't precise enough. To... No, the the ball's too big and touchy and it's difficult to corner uh, quickly in this game. Um, so yeah, it wasn't that fun, but it was pretty it was innovative. There. It was there. Uh, there's a stunt mode. We can compete for scores by doing tricks. There's Still a, sucks. There's a hill climb, uh, which we didn't unlock either, but that's just an uphill race. And then there's desert track. So this one's really interesting. This is an endless randomly generated desert uh, that can only be beaten. You race other players, and you're trying to get to ten f- campfires uh, yeah, before the others. It's a really weird mechanic of like your job is to ride on your bike and run over these campfires. I don't know why that would be what you what yeah. they decided on. Well, like, I don't know why they need to decide on some power up to pick up or like or a gate or something. But yeah. that's kind of what it is. It's like the it's like the checkpoint gates in cruising or something yeah. like that. Except it's there's no track. It's open world. Yeah, uh, and you can kind of investigate your. Tra- I thought that mode was kind of fun. They're a lot smaller, so it's easier to miss them. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't neat like single playthrough. It's really cool to see sort of the. Um, a randomly generated thing, but the problem is all they sort of have is dunes and an occasional cactus. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it's only single player, which is too bad. It seemed like it would be a lot more interesting to be able to race around with two people here. Yeah. Um, but it might be hard to double generate randomly. Yeah, and it also know. doesn't seem like... I mean, it was neat once, um, but I was pretty sick of it by the end. It took about six minutes to go through, get all these fires. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, again, much much like the sort of soccer mode, it was kind of a neat thing, but I wouldn't really go back to it. No, no, not necessarily. Let's talk about the basic racing in this game. I feel like this one kind of splits the difference between the last two games we played, when it's a little looser and more arcadey, but it's not quite as uh, uh, <laughs> uncontrollable as Jeremy McGrath, yeah. but it's not trying to be a straight-up sim like Supercross is. Yeah, but that the... 
<laughs> the sort of floaty arcadey thing is a conscious choice. It's not just from lack of effort as the German Grand Right. It, it feels like original Excite Bike in the yeah. way that those jumps handle and everything like that. Yeah, you, so your your Z button your A button is just your regular throttle and your Z button turns on your turbo mm -hmm. and if you hit a jump using the turbo, you fly through the air and go pretty high and pretty far. You get some great air, yeah. Yeah, it's also very easy to much like the original Excite Bike, if you hit another racer, you often crash and yeah. fall off your bike it's huh. very easy to crash in this one and the, your character model doesn't like there are no ragdoll physics here so your character model whatever pose they're in when you get hit they're just gonna fly off in yeah. that same pose and it, it looks a little glitchy all these games had that in common of a very sort of kind of funny goofy look when your character crashed right um, I, I have to be honest, I was a little disappointed with this one. I, I had high hopes when I was researching it. It, it seemed like this is going to be a really fun experience. And, you know, it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's totally fine. Um, it's just the racing was more frustrating and less intuitive than I thought it would be. Um, I, I was hoping for a more robust trick element, uh, yes. which, again, it's the one button uh, uh, directional well, especially pad thing. for this one, because the physics are so much floatier. Like when you're in the air, you would have a lot of time to do some really goofy, fun tricks. Yeah. And especially, I mean, you're not using real racers like your, your physics are already kind of silly. Like, what are you trying to protect in your realism? Like yeah. make your guy like do a backflip on his bike or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Go weird with it. Yeah. And especially this is basically the same criticism that we had on the 1080 game. Yeah. Um, I think this game is less fun than 1080. I agree. But um, the main thing is there's just not much like Nintendo style or energy here. Yeah, uh, you, you see the uh, the Nintendo like polish. attention to detail yeah. and the polish and the, the, there's some there's a lot of creativity going on here but it doesn't have that same compulsive playability um, that you're that you're hoping for. You know, it's it's just not as... Uh, there's just not... It doesn't feel like there's an emphasis on fun. No, like, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know, actually, because those modes are fun. The modes are, at least they're fun in uh, idea and if not necessarily in execution. Yeah, but all I the just, little sub-modes, I think that's where you're trying to have your I your just wanted this there. game to feel faster, more exciting, or, you know, I mean, we're, here. we're on the record as preferring arcade racing yeah. experiences, like goofy that's arcade true. racing experiences to realistic ones. That is a good So point. I think, yeah, I think we're both kind of wishing they leaned a little harder in that direction. Um, don't lean too hard. Don't lean crash. too hard. You will wipe out and yeah. then you'll just, like in a stiff rictus, your corpse will slide across the screen until you regenerate. I will say it, uh, you you snap back to your bike much faster than original Excite Bike. Yeah, nice. where the, the guy would like, he was the slowest runner in original yeah. Excite Bike ever, and you would hammer the button so he would run just a couple tiny bit faster. Yeah. Um, the tracks did get more varied. Like, we didn't re go to any past sort of the initial ones, but there was a really interesting, like, outdoor one where you could go off-road a little bit and sort of climb up a shortcut over a barn. Yeah. Um, and all like, that stuff is cool. Th that one I noticed, like, uh, it takes some, takes some skill to mm -hmm. be able to land some of those off-road tracks, but, like... That could be, if you're really a high-level player at this, that's where you get your edge. Like, you yeah. can get ahead really quickly if you know what you're doing. I do not know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah, Excite Bike, it's it's totally fine. Um, it's it's better than the average racing game, I say, but this did fall a little short of my, uh, my hopes for it, I think. Yeah, the presentation, um, I don't think it necessarily looks a lot better than um, Supercross 64. No. Um... The, the tracks are wider, which is nicer, um, and it does have an announcer. Mm. The person who had this before, the settings before, had turned the engine sounds way down, which we appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Um, this game has some very bland music, 
and it has an announcer who's also the just most generic announcer I think I might have ever heard in a game. One of our um, Patreon episodes, we played Rock and Roll Racing, mm. and that that was for the Super Nintendo. And the audio quality was so good in that, and yeah. like he would say like the wackiest things, and like this one, like the guy's like, jumping Jim goes to third, mm. jumping Jim goes to fourth. Yeah, and it was. Uh, it's like, why are you even here, dude? Yeah. We we can see this for us. There's you have a number. No personality. There's a number in the corner that is doing your job for you. Yeah. This is like somebody standing outside a store with a big neon open sign holding an open sign. You know, yeah. it's like you're you're not contributing anything, dude. <laughs> Um, a little bit more about the Excite series, which is technically what it's called. Uh, so the Excite series would continue on after this, but uh, those ones have been largely forgotten because I think people associate this series with motorcycles, and that's not yeah. what the rest of the series is. So Excite Truck was a launch game for the Wii in 2006. So there's a pretty good chance if you adopted the Wii early, you might have played this one, but this probably got pushed aside as soon as Twilight Princess installed. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Yeah, I played it a little bit. It's fine. Uh, I didn't even know that uh, there was another game called 2000, uh, in 2009 called Excite Bots. Yeah, Excite Bots Trick too. Racing. And that this lets you race and play mini games as one of several animal themed robot cars. And I think I'm going to track this yeah, down. Yeah, this game actually sounds pretty sweet. This sounds really fun. And it came packed with the stupid like wheel, the Wii wheel. Yeah, I mean, which you can Mario replicate Kart. by holding your Wii sideways. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I might check, check track this one down. That sounds fun. And uh, also in 2009, we got Excitebike World Rally, which is a WiiWare exclusive that was basically uh, a 3D online version of the original. It actually looks just like the 3D version in the N64. Oh, cool. Just on WiiWare. Um, fun enough, basic, uh, disposable title. I don't even know if you can access it anymore. Uh, no, um, WiiWare is dead. Yeah. If so you want to access WiiWare games, you have to use shady methods. Mm -hmm. And I imagine... Dark one, web. Yeah, one that's online um, like this. Can you imagine somebody getting like a tour router or something and just like going in and <laughs> searching for Excitebike on the uh, WiiWare? Yeah, I can imagine it. Um, do you have anything else to say about Excitebike? Uh, it's, it's worth noting that this game is four players as well. We didn't yeah. have a chance to try the four player modes in any of them, but yeah. it... Yeah, this game. No, let's let's move on. We yeah, can, we can get into that in the in the rankings. Yeah, let's get into our rankings then. Uh, so each week we are ranking the different games we have played this week. Uh, so do you want to start off? Sure, I'll yeah, start off. Yeah. Um, so just going in order here. Uh, the first game we played, Supercross. Um, much like the NASCAR games, I just found it su Supercross. Super. It made me Supercross playing <laughs> this game because it was so darn boring. Um, I'm putting it number 189, which is under the Batman Beyond game. Ooh. Yeah. Very ouch. low. Very low. Um, I always take crappiness over just super boring. Yeah. And in that spirit, I'm putting Jeremy McGrath, uh, 168, which is right under Deadly Arts. Okay. Um, which objectively, I mean, a worse programmed and designed game, but more fun to play. Yeah, yeah. But still not good. Still not good. Um, Excite Bike, I think I'm being a little hard on. Um, yeah. Um, Same, yeah. Which I'm putting at number 97. <clears throat> Which is right above Space Invaders. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. Because that is it's just, it was it was good. It did play well. Um, yeah. Saying it now, I probably am putting it too low. But it's still not something that I was particularly excited about. And when Which we, is ironic. we played, yeah, I know. <laughs> when we were playing uh, two levels of it, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with this. I yeah. 
Yeah, maybe this... I was just motocrossed out by that point. <laughs> I yeah yeah maybe that's the issue. But like yeah, I agree. Excite bike. Uh, I think it was the best of the three oh, that we no, played no today. Not even about not that. even close. Um, for me, I'm putting that at number eighty seven. So yeah. just underneath okay. Bomberman two. So we're, we're in the same general. We're in the same general yeah. area. Like it's look. Don't take this as like this is a bad game. This no. is not a bad game. I just think this wasn't for us necessarily. No. It just it just didn't really wow me. Um, I'm next. My next one down. I'm putting uh, Jeremy McGrath um, at number one thirty-seven, just under the Xena Warrior Princess game. Yeah, another bad game that we enjoyed. <laughs> another bad game I kind of liked. Yeah, for sure. And then I'm putting Supercross just under that um, okay. because, like, yeah, like I said, Supercross is a superior game in most respects, but it's just way less fun. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, just not really worth playing. Yeah, I mean, um, neither of those are really worth playing. Have has the motorcycle or Supercross genre really had much gaming i mean i feel like if this was something you were excited about as a genre there hasn't been a lot for it or are they just totally out of our i know like the, it might be out of our periphery i know there was a big series for a while the mx versus atv oh yeah like, that was that. a big series I imagine for a while those are more fun than these i imagine so uh I, i'm sure they've only gotten better now yeah. the more realistic dirt physics and stuff like that is available um and, and, and freak style and freak style i would say play freak style go back to that one it's a lot of fun uh, we got a couple letters today. Hooray! Ready. So thank everybody for writing in. Uh, you can write us at uh, ultra64podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments or anything like that. Um, this one starts, hey, uh, Ultra 64 crew. I discovered your podcast while listening to an episode of Video Game Apocalypse. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and I, I am slowly working through my backlog of episodes while I paint tabletop miniatures, my other hobby. Oh, Good wonderful. hobby. There you That's go. A hobby we can get behind. Uh, my, the Nintendo 64 will always hold a special place for me, and I believe your reviews are fair and balanced for a system <laughs> that is much maligned in a lot of retro gaming circles. For me, it was the first brand new console I ever owned. I had a Genesis and Super Nintendo before, but they had both come from pawn shops that my dad managed. Uh, the feeling of seeing a brand new system in the box under my Christmas tree in 97 has not been matched since. Yeah, uh, I, I bet he was the kid from that video. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I, I know in, in that note, I think that Nintendo 64 was the first new system I got as well. So oh, can, yeah, I okay. I think mine was a Genesis, yeah. but... Uh, one of the biggest regrets I have is getting rid of that system a couple years ago, along with all of my cartridges. The experience I had with the N64, like being upset when I went from Kid Link to Adult Link in Ocarina for the first time, <laughs> the library of titles, and even the weird controller are all memories of my middle school life that I enjoy reliving while listening to the podcast. Nice. Keep up the good work, and thanks for what you're doing. And that is from Tom. Thank you, Tom. Tom. Very nice of you to say. Uh, thanks for listening in. And uh, yeah, yeah, shout out to the guys at Video Game Apocalypse for having us on. Uh, those episodes are still available. We're, we we were on three. Uh, of them? We were on the game of the year one and and the two two D games of 2019, and then oh, yeah. uh, crowdfunding games. We were, oh, we were on a couple right. of those, so yep. check those out. Um, next letter here starts at Stephen Woody. That's us. Yes. Uh, new listener here. Recently heard you on VGA. Once again, thank you. And had to dive into the backlog. I'm still a ways back, but I just got to the Quest 64 episode. <laughs> I heard you guys talking about Aiden Chronicles, and I want to bear my soul a little bit here. Oh, please. Please give, please give this game a proper shake. Okay. I can never tell if my brother and I just had Stockholm Syndrome or if it was actually really good. It wholesale rips some D&D mechanics and has a surprisingly deep story. I don't expect you guys to beat it, but I promise it is more than a crappy Nintendo 64 RPG. It is ugly, especially with modern eyes, but you guys seem to have a nostalgia for early polygons. I do. Uh, I'm moving soon, and when I get set back up, I'll be plugging in my N64 to give this game some time. And I don't think a guide is 100% needed for the early hours, but it might help 
with an instru- instruction manual. And cheers, that's from Corey. So good to hear somebody going to bat for Aiden Chronicles. That's how, it's helpful to get that before we've done the episode it's of like, true. hey, give this a chance so we sort of know what we're getting into use and a, know that there, use might, a guide. there might be something here for us to dig into a little more as opposed to just discount it immediately. Because these... Yeah. I know very little about that game, yeah. Right, and RPGs kind of are... Longer games are kind of the weakness of our podcast, which is why N64 is a good system for us yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, um, Because we just don't have the time to get too deep in them. Yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll give Aiden Chronicles a fair shake. We will. We'll we give you the will. Ultra 64 guarantee. <laughs> and that's worth a lot of gold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one last letter here. Uh, hey, Stephen Woody. Hello. Hello. I've concluded that based on your banter, you live in the Seattle area, as do I. Yeah, that's yes. pretty close. Um, and I was wondering if there were any retro or used game stores that you tend to go to. I love the show, even though, being that I'm only 13, I don't get any of the nostalgic feelings, but I'm trying to get into retro gaming. Hmm. Love the show, and that's from Isaac. Isaac, Thanks, I think Isaac. you're officially our youngest writer-inner. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. I guess other people didn't give their names, but it would be very odd if Tom had nostalgia for yeah, yeah. 64 and yeah, yeah, yeah. 13. Um, yeah, so yeah, we, we are, uh, we're near Seattle. We're in Bellingham, which is like north of Seattle, but yeah. um, we go to Seattle quite a bit. I, I think you and I both have the same go-to retro store in Seattle, right? Uh, Pink Gorilla? Pink Gorilla, yeah, Pink yeah. Gorilla. I was just there yesterday, actually. I oh, picked yeah. up a copy of Bonkers for Super NES. So. Oh, hmm. <laughs> sure. Um, Pink, yeah, Pink Gorilla is a, is a beautiful store there. Yeah, um, it's great. Very small. It's kind of in the International District on 6th Street They have in a lot of imports, things like that. Yeah, really cool. Really cool stuff. Um, around here, we have a, a store called Reset Games, and that's like a chain on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, we've got one like three blocks from my house it's here. It's also so a very there. nice store. Um, yeah, very nice. The prices are, you know, a little higher than buying and, stuff online, but that's yeah. going to be true no matter no matter what. You know, I I, I don't always mind that. You no. know, it's like... They got, they got the character. It's fun to... Do. I, I always love going through retro stores and digging for old light guns. Yeah, that's absolutely. My, yeah, that's a great... Thing. Yeah. Uh, did you find a Guitar Hero guitar? I did. Oh, you did? You okay. Asking, I couldn't yeah. find one I, for you. They're yeah. surprisingly hard to find now. Which it, is weird. There well, used to be everywhere, and now it's like, I can't find a rock band any, guitar. Because you need the little dongle. You need the and dongle. And like, if you go online, they're like, oh, this guitar is 10 bucks, but there's no dongle. And you're like, great, it's worthless. It's extremely easy to find Wii Guitar Hero controllers, yeah. like at any Goodwill. They're they're littered with them. But yeah, anything other than Wii are kind of getting hard to find. Yeah. And on that, not that not that Isaac asked for advice or anything. Oh, no, no. Um, but I'm going to give it to him anyway, because that's what we do as older people. Listen here, kid. Uh, yeah, listen here, kid. <laughs> Um, think about what you want to buy before you just start buying stuff mm. because you're going to end up in an annoying rabbit hole of having spent a bunch of money on garbage yeah. um, and then you'll have to do a podcast about it. You'll have to to cleanse um, your soul. Yeah. yeah, so you know if you get interested in a certain system and say, what are the games I want from that system? And start with that. And if you want to go deeper, yeah. but don't just start buying a bunch of stuff for yeah, whatever no, it's, you find. It's a bad way to start unless like like my goal was specifically to buy all of the N64 yeah, totally. games. So like that. But also don't make that your goal unless you decide I'm really excited about yeah, N64. In general, make better life choices yeah, than we that's have. The real yeah, lesson. yeah, that's what we really want to convey here. Yeah. Make better choices. But don't make a better choice in listening to better podcasts. No. This, this is the best podcast. There are no better. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're definitely going to want to listen next week uh, because we are playing uh, two games that are pitting two of the most iconic characters of all time against each other. Oh, Batman versus Superman. Very close. Dawn of Justice. <laughs> very, very close. We are going to be playing uh, Disney's Donald Duck Going Quackers and Duck Dodgers starring Daffy Duck. Oh. So it's a double duck uh, face-off next week. Daffy wow. versus Donald. Who will emerge triumphant? I have my preference. Are you a Daffy or a Donald guy? Oh, I'm a Daffy guy. Oh, everybody. Yeah, I'm a Daffy I mean, guy. Yeah. He's, uh, Donald's though, incomprehensible. Okay. Though here's what I would say. 
Donald Duck associated with higher quality peripheral content. Yes, I agree with that. So Three Caballeros, just watch that on Disney+. Yeah, Plus. DuckTales. DuckTales, fantastic. So, um, I mean, I know it's only Donald and Jason, but we'll get into this whole discussion and, next uh, week. Yeah, Daffy Duck just has Looney Tunes or, and, and uh, uh, Space Jam, so, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but we'll get into that. Uh, send us your uh, hot duck takes, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> send us your duck pics um, for which one, which is your favorite duck. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, tell us your pick. Picks. Yeah, yeah. U C K. <laughs> send your duck pics. All right, everybody. Uh, whoop whoop, I'd say. Yeah. Right? Whoop, Blitz whoop. those whoops. Blitz Until those next whoops. time. Blitz them whoops. <laughs> See you guys.